What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the fifth episode of the Best in the Mix podcast. I'm your host, Twan Johnson, and I'm here with my boy, Stay Fly. What's going on, world? The Niftian. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, brother? Stay Fly, tell the Niftian, just to give him a quick rundown of kind of what he missed out on a little bit. Yo, so <laughs> we talked to this dude, Al T, and holy shit, my man had just uh, a library of knowledge. Uh, and decades? I'm talking, he probably had three, de- I think 30 years, more than 30 years under his belt. Like he, our lifetime's worth of experience in, basically, in business. Basically, everything so. that I know about music, he lived through and experienced it with these bands, with these artists. He's an engineer slash producer that started with SOS Band, Cool in the Game. Wow. And nowadays is touring with Ludacris, and he also has his own artist these days. But he was engineer for Teddy Riley. Um, actually, he is the engineer for Teddy he Riley. Is. They're having a whole like New Jack Swing, the like 90s, reunion tour, 90s. like a 90s reunion tour or something like that. With um, Guy, Blackstreet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Janet, I guess, is the headline or something like that. that makes Janet sense. has to be the headline. That makes sense. That See, makes when sense. you said you, you, you knew somebody who had somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about it. I'm about to go into this. I'm too. thinking it was somebody like our age or like a younger <laughs> cat. Cause I'm like, okay, that's what's up. You know, we get another another peer mm-hmm. around here. You know, you didn't you didn't tell us you had an OG. I'm telling you, well, I didn't. I, I was I was I was pleasantly that. surprised with. You know, I knew he was gonna be professional about his business, but just yeah. it, just just the stories he was able to tell firsthand. Oh yeah, you know, wow. like, and and you never really hear from that part of the industry that much. No. Those yeah, those no. guys are not the promo people. No, they're not on the Breakfast Club. Nope. They're not on. You know, <laughs> so, but you get to hear place. stories from them that you'll never hear from the main artist, the headliner, the people that they work for. Uh, hopefully, stay fly. You know, we'll be able to uh, get that get get him on a couple more times. But yeah, that was an amazing interview. So, all right, we're gonna go ahead jump into our actual topics for today. Um, the first topic I wanna get us started on is just 2018 so far. This has probably been one of the better years of the past decade. Only thing I can compare it to is maybe 2015, you know, where we started out the gate with Joy Badass, Before the Money, and we had, you know, Kendrick's To Pimp a Butterfly, but that there was a lot of other albums that year that were really hidden. But this year, I mean, I feel like it's just been just body blow after body blow. I mean, it's only March. It's not even April yet. So far, we done had with Black Milk, Laugh Now, Cry Later. We had Sky Zoo's Joint, which Stay Fly uh, reviewed. Jericho Jackson, which Stay Fly reviewed. We had the Black Panther soundtrack. We had Fonte's album, which I haven't heard yet. We had Prime 2. We had Murs dropped the album. Logic had Bobby Tarantino 2, which is like not only number one album in the country, but apparently he has 10 songs off of it that are in the top 100 or something like that. I, I saw something I, like that. What? Yeah. I haven't heard the project at all. Bobby Tarantino 1 was just okay to me, so I wasn't too hyped about Bobby Tarantino 2. But if it's like that, definitely going to have to give that a listen. Stay Fly, what I want you to do is, if you could just kind of talk about a couple of these albums, I want to know how you felt about, I mean, you know, for people that didn't really read the reviews or whatever, how do you felt about the Sky Zoo album? Just talk briefly about how, how that, is that an album you feel like you revisit or? I think it's definitely one of his best albums when you're talking about a complete album. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who's been over a decade now in the game. He's established. He can now sort of have a pick production wise of what he wants and this album i think 
especially I think he made a conscious effort to stand out. Okay. Like I think in the review I said there's no radio hits. There's nothing really that you're gonna hear in the club. But and we know he's capable of it because he can blend with any sort of beat. But I think he came for a purpose. He came at the titles are in celebration of us. So I think he he's one of the few artists now I think that can really successfully create a thematic album from beginning to end without making it, uh, you know, without getting lost and overthinking the process. Is the vibe different from his other projects or? No, I think it, it's it's the same sort of conscious, deep double entendres, triple entendres, things that you're, you have to read or listen to and read two, three, four times. For like people like me who love to go to like genius.com and go word for word through his lyrics. Yeah. This guy, he gives you this for days. And you know, he's older in the game now, so I think this album was a great evolution. Sound wise is very cohesive. Uh in he, a lot of ways I've always seen Sky Zoo as sort of like the poster child of consistency. Almost like Rhapsody in that regard. They are couple of artists that just have very few misses on their catalog. You just talk about just the quality of their body of work. He doesn't really take any risks. But the thing is, I think that that's intentional. Right. That's a part of his brand. He is clearly trying to recreate, you know, a vibe. And he's been really, really great at it. I haven't heard this particular album, but I've definitely heard the last couple. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of been that guy. I don't know if y'all knew this. He's actually Charlemagne's cousin. Um, I did I think not I know that. I think uh-huh. I heard that once uh-huh. before. Like direct cousin, it's not, it's not like through marriage, recently. nothing like that. So uh, let's see another album I wanted to talk about. Jericho Jackson. I think I've heard the whole album. This album is everything that I love about hip hop from beginning yeah. to wherever I've heard. Nifty, and have you had a chance to not experience yet. Jericho Jackson? No, no you haven't. Not okay, yet. okay. Uh, you're in for a treat. You actually, honestly, you're gonna be blessed by the majority of these albums that have come out the beginning of this year. Jericho Jackson, Stay Fly, I'm gonna go ahead and give that to you again. You know, talk about it again. Um, Man, like this is kind of like to sort of like piggyback Christmas. off of Sky Zoo. It's another one that is kind of devoid of the radio hit, the club banger, mm. but it's definitely more soulful. You got Crisis on the Beats. Mm. He's the you know through the lineage of Ninth Wonder. So he's sort of got like this tribe called Quest, Raphael, Sadiq type vibe to him. He's definitely been slowly getting better. Like it's yeah. been a, a steady climb for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's had any drops. He's been honing his craft. He, obviously, everybody knows how we feel about Ninth and this whole jam, the uh, movement. Everyone under his umbrella seems to get better Flourish. from not just a superficial standpoint, but really, you know, Ninth takes time to, you know, from the bottom up. Get these, get these artists I really set hope, up for success. I really hope this Jericho Jackson thing, you know, kind of stands the test of time. Man, I hope there's part two. I hope yes, um, because you think about it, Elzai has really had kind of a rough go at it, just trying to transition from the Slum Village thing and the Dilla thing. A lot of people say that they can't hear Elzai unless he is on an, uh, a Dilla beat, and I'm like, all right, that's some. Real fucking cornball ass shit. Yeah, nah, this nigga got bars. I don't. I, as long crazy. as the beat is boom back, it probably don't even have to be boom back. He could freak anything. Like he is one of those. He versatile, could ride a soulful beat. Like no other. Absolutely. Yeah, he's just one of those artists. I mean, he, he. But he was really struggling to kind of find a home. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I hope that he has. It was interesting because, like, I was, you know, when I do my reviews, I like to do a little bit of research, see what else is going on with the artists, if anything else, you know, interviews that they had. And I didn't know this, but he was dealing with a lot of depression. Yep. The last three years or so. So you're talking about, um, since, so Elmatic 2011, right? 
once that album dropped, everyone said, okay, he's getting ready to, you know, climb that rank, climb that ladder, get to that upper echelon of, of, of the other MCs and, uh, of his caliber. And then it was Plummeted just real quiet. Yeah. He had a Kickstarter that mm. apparently went nowhere. I mean, wow. they had the, I mean, sorry, he got the money, but nothing ever was produced. Holy shit. Oh, there damn, were fans that, that were like trying to sue him. So it was like damn. a real ordeal. Damn. I didn't hear nothing about that. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't either until I did the research. And then it was like, it, with the depression, of course, you got this going on. Yeah. Plus that. So then he put out lead, lead, lead Poison. Lead Poison, which was a great album. Mm-hmm. But it Heard was like real, real dark, real mm-hmm. like introspective. Obviously dealing with what he was dealing with. And then since then... Nothing mm-hmm. until early this year. We just get that random IG from ninth. I think that it was like Jericho Jackson coming out this year. I was like, "What does that mean?" Elzai Crisis Jericho Jackson. So and that was one of the greatest IG promos I have heard in a in a long time. The I'm snippet like, okay, they had. Yes, I'm like, okay, yeah. I know, I know that the whole album is gonna feel like this. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. I have still haven't heard the whole album, but everything I've heard has been on the level of what is that song? Self-made since 12th grade, that's my caller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is hard, man. All right, so the next album I want to talk about, the Black Panther soundtrack. First off, y'all seen the movie? Four times. Get the fuck out of here, man. Four times. <laughs> sure. Yo, let's go into it. Let's talk in about the movie first, Four man. times in the theater. Yeah, let's talk about the movie. Go ahead, Nifty and Man, you ain't spoke yet. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait, how, you feel, how you feel about the flick? This shit was fucking amazing. Shit. That's, I've been wanting to chop it up with people about this. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of debrief. I went with a crew. I went with my, my high school crew. It was about 15 of us. Damn. Nigga, we had, we had about two. Okay, so there was no hard R there, right? Just, 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 I just want to double check. So we had two rows on lots. There's <laughs> always a hard R. It's always a hard R. Tell me all this nigga nifty. It is delusional as fuck. See, you intentionally held back right then. But there is always, 98% of the time, when you're not thinking about the way that you say the word All right, nigga. so the audience, what I want y'all to do is just uh, <laughs> listen to how many times I dropped the N-bomb. And pay attention to how many hard R's you hear. You're probably going to make up some imaginary hard R's just because the nip can't run in his mouth. <laughs> there are no imaginary hard R's when it comes to Twine. What happens is, this motherfucker speaks... This to- nigga here! See, there was another one. You right know, there. it's a hard <laughs> E-H, if anything. The movie was absolutely amazing and for a number of reasons there is a reason why it is breaking records why it is an extremely huge blockbuster it's not just because of the power of the black dollar the world is loving this movie because it has so many different things that you can expect out of a movie there's humor you have uh a great and fictional landscape. You have action. You have drama. You have a little bit of romance. And nothing is too over the top. It doesn't try to force humor down your throat like, say, Thor Ragnarok, which I love the movie. I thought that was extremely I funny. I really love that movie. I actually, I, I, do, I do as well. But I, I'm like, why is this movie so funny? Oh, it doesn't have to be this funny. funny. I think it was, that was Thor's lane from the beginning. I think they just kind of fucking failed with the first two movies. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay, but that's the thing. Black Panther hit it on the head across so many different planes. And to uh, satiate a couple of the uh, various parts of the audience, they didn't force blackness down your throat. All right? It wasn't black, 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 black Panther. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it was... One more black, 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 black Panther. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm saying so. It was it was great to be able to have a movie where I could identify uh, physically and socially uh, with the main characters, plural, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, hey, there's token right there, there's token. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. I mean, I saw it with my ex brother in law, uh, brother laws actually. Uh, one time I saw it with. Uh, uh, Shorty doo-wop. Another time, I even took my ten-year-old son to see it. Um, and I can't. I think nice. one time I actually went by myself. Uh, but it was just great to be able to experience it with different individuals and get their take on it all, and be able to have a conversation with so many different people. And everyone had different opinions about what they loved about mm-hmm. it. You know, so it was really awesome. And I really think that uh, Marvel did a great thing with this one. Uh, Ryan Coogler did a great freaking job as a director. I mean, I can't think of any one aspect, actual aspect of the movie that I did not like. I can. Go ahead. But, you know, the thing is, it, it gets to the point where it's kind of nitpicky, though. You know? I, I, I mean, I'm nitpicky about some of the action. Some of the action sequences were just kind of... You, you a know? nitpicky nigga. There, there are more... I mean, I like Black Panther's action sequences in Civil War just a little more than Black Panther. You know? The chick from Walking Dead had better action sequences than fucking T'Challa did. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I, I didn't really dig the end fight scene with him and Killmonger. Killmonger. Okay. Yeah. It was a little rubbery. Yeah, okay. the okay. fakeness. That, that, that's it. That's, that's really it. That's, that's my only issue. That's fair. I think, yeah. that, I think that, that's fair. That, that, that's, that's, fair. It. That's, that's it. That's nothing it. to really... But uh, that's, that, at the end of the day, yeah. it's nitpicky in an otherwise fantastic fucking film. Don't scare me like that, colonizer. Too. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was sitting next to... Okay, so I had my whole crew with me. You know what I'm saying we, we we had about two rows filled up, and there's two white people sitting to the right of me. And then what they would do was anytime white people were oppressed in this movie, they would be like, "Wait, what did he just say?" He said, "Colonizer." Oh, dude, they were so. I wish dis- y'all could see that face he just made. They were so that was perfect. So distraught. I'm like, look, this is how. Fucking feels. Yeah, you just got a small taste of it in the movie theater. Yes. Imagine this on a grander scale in life. You know what I'm saying? So hey, fuck y'all, man. <laughs> I'm so glad that they held no punches in that script. Yeah, this shit felt good, man. Another broken white boy for me to fix. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny. She's a star. I thought she. Yes. I think she was probably my favorite. She's yes. a sure. star. The, the, the sure, she is yes. going. And she's she going to be in the next the Infinity War and all that. Yep. I would love to see her in a scene with Robert Downey Jr., Chris Pratt, dude from Guardians of the Galaxy. All of them together, because they're they're the charismatic people in the universe. Right? Yeah. I'm saying, as far as I'm concerned. She's a star though, man. She's she's gonna she's gonna be alright. I would love to see me in a scene with Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, Tell me why she is like the baddest dark chocolate chick I have seen in a long, I love her so much. long time. We ain't gonna spend too much time. Lupita, on Lupita, if you happen to find yourself <laughs> strolling through the internet one day, oh and man, somehow find yourself sister. in the world of mm-hmm. best in the mix. <laughs> I just want you to know that there is a 34-year-old single male in Richmond, Virginia this that nigga. <laughs> loves you so much. I am a Leo. I love long walks on the beach. I Yo, have... you know she got bars too, man. Did y'all see the freestyle? She did a freestyle so. with her and Shuri. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that yeah, was tough. That joke was hot. But you know what You know what I heard? Actually, they were in a couple of interviews and they were talking about the chick that plays Shuri. She was doing that throughout the entire shoot. Yes, she was. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple. I've seen a couple oh, of different. Okay, okay. Sure, they got bars, man. I think if, uh, as a comic book fan, if I like, if you like, well, there's got to be something that you know you would improve upon. 
it's how they they change the dynamic of the relationship between Mbaku and T'Challa. Because, it was too drastic. No, it was it was extremely tame, extremely mm. tame. Mbaku was like one of his largest adversaries, oh. both physically uh, and figuratively in the world of well, Black yeah, Panther. Kind of saying the same you know, thing, but the way uh, okay, yeah. Um, but in the movie, it was okay. Hey, nigga, you know I really don't like you, but I I fuck with you a little bit. Yeah, I, I got I, you. I owe you. You saved my life. It was it was too abrupt. They but the thing is though, the movie was too fucking short. Huh. They could have dragged it out a little more and fleshed out both M'Baku and Killmonger a little bit more. Because everybody wanted to see a little bit more I Killmonger. I heard that there were hours upon... I mean, like... They said that hours, they're, They said that when the movie hours. comes on, uh, home disc, whatever, however you do it, Blu-ray, whatever, Blu-ray, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Home, home, home disc. Home disc. Home Fucking laser disc. Everybody stream. Fucking laser disc. Everybody stream. So I'm like, okay. Home disc. Buy. I was going to say home... Um, yeah, I was gonna say home disc. <laughs> <laughs> Your home records. Fuck it. When this shit comes out on VHS, son. But what I heard was this shit is gonna be four hours long. That's too much. So I don't think so. If I don't think home, so at if all. It's, if it's would, a home, as long as those scenes are scenes that are like, you know what, this could have been pertinent. Like I can, because they have to. If it's they have fluff, to trim I don't want to see it. There's yeah, no I don't want to see fluff. You're gonna have four hours with no fluff. Speaking of fluff. I looked uh, like I bought the movie Get Out on DVD because um, I still watch DVDs. Uh, so fuck y'all if you want to judge me for watching DVDs. That's why I said the shit because I don't know what everybody get down. I'm not gonna lie. No, Part of it is I just like saying DVD. Uh, but I bought <laughs> <laughs> I bought Get Out on DVD because it was a great fucking movie. Um, but then I was looking at the uh, deleted scenes, yeah. and like one scene was just Low Rail, uh, Low uh, Low Rail, just constantly getting they in the car at the end, that like over so and over and over yeah. again. I'm like, ah, these aren't funny, so I can see why they didn't make it. I also don't want them on my DVD. Mm. So it's like, yeah, that that's. Fluff. But it was just in, in the deleted scene section. It wasn't yeah. actually okay. No, it wasn't actually a part of okay, the fucking good. movie. Yeah, nah. So that because the line that they just they chose was. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, that was that was great. That was yeah, fucking great. That was <laughs> so I don't want to see a bunch of that with Black Panther, like a whole bunch of uh, mm-hmm. uh, mistakes and motherfucking reshoots and shit like that. Like I want to see some shit that, like, oh man, that would have been hot had it been kept in the movie. But for the sake of time, brevity, clarity, so on and so forth, I get it. But yeah, I don't think for I mean three hours. It's that's, on DVD, that's so you can fast forward it. Or three hours is probably the max of what that's I can deal with. I think mad. that was that is that the length of the Batman versus Superman movie in the Blu-ray. I don't yeah. know because fucking in DC. movies it was two. That's why I know exactly. In the movies it was two and a half hours. I got the Blu-ray to watch my pops, and that was three hours. Okay, and holy shit, I did, I did not hate Marvel. that movie. I did not either. You know, Batman was, versus Superman. Great. One thing they do. Sucked. No, 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 no. It didn't suck. And it didn't I, suck. It wasn't great. It didn't suck. Fuck Ben Affleck. Great. It fucking sucked. Here is the. And I'm here, a Batman here, fan. Here is what I love about the Superman aspect. They'll touch on the 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 human. They'll, t- they'll touch on the human aspect of how humans would react if there was a Superman type person in the world. They touch on that in Man of Steel and in Batman vs Superman. Yeah. I think that is kind of what made me. Able to enjoy it. You never You're seen right. that before. You never seen that before. Yeah, exactly. All the Think other about ones it. Like, da, what? Da, 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 da. How would you? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah the cheesy yeah, yeah. Superman shit. Don't nobody want to see that. How would you really react if a motherfucker like that existed in real life? Goku and, showed no, up. Yeah, same. <laughs> he's the same type of motherfucker, man. Goku fuck up Superman. You think so? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad. I fuck with y'all. These are my niggas here. Nobody else. Y'all heard that. Hard R. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get so close to the mic. If I blew out your ears right now, I apologize. Because I'm looking at the screen. And it looks like 
I mean, I might have really... <laughs> that shit is like a 8.0 in a fucking Richter scale. But I'm saying, that hard R was hard. <laughs> Fuck this nigga. <laughs> there's, there's a spike. <laughs> there's a spike. Oh, shit. Lord have mercy. So, but the movie was fucking great, and I actually thought that the soundtrack... I thought the soundtrack was a, a, a really good accompaniment. Uh, damn. You know, Compliment? Yeah, that that worked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Black Panther, the movie was top five Marvel. Yeah. And then the oh, soundtrack yeah. was probably like maybe top five soundtracks. I think this is a soundtrack that's on par with like Above the Rim. Not better, but on par with Above the Rim. Waiting to Exhale. What other great soundtrack? Wow. Purple Rain. Juice. Juice. Those are probably the, the upper echelon movie soundtracks I could think of. And the reason yeah, why... They are. Yeah, yeah are. you know, and something about Kendrick's touch, he'll make a album where mm. there's hot songs in the beginning and at the very end. A lot of artists will have their whack shit at the end. Best shit at the beginning, whack shit at the end, and it just trails off. Kendrick's albums go like this. They start off hot, and then they may trail off a little bit, then back up, then maybe trail off a little bit, and then back up toward the end. There's not a huge drop-off for anything that Kendrick's a part of, anything that he has his hand in. He's going to make sure that you don't get bored. Well, think about like every classic album you like. The first, the intro track, the second track, the third track, hardest joints, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, they might trail off a little bit, and then you you know that the last track, the second to last track, those are gonna be hot too. So I think he comes from that that mentality yep. of that. He understands, yeah, he because he's definitely how to craft an album. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a student from that era. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I really love the Black Panther soundtrack my question was when i went into it listening i was wondering i was like okay is it just gonna be basically just like sort of a all-star tde project or are they gonna include mm. some african themed type music and they definitely did and it was great i i fucking love those songs they were toward the end what they did was they they made the project feel complete and like it made it feel like a true black panther project i have one complaint what's that la di da di da Slap on me now. You know what they did? Um, yeah, I think hurt. they gave that man an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> he fumbled the fuck out but of that he didn't, he didn't need an opportunity. I mean, it's, yeah, even right. though I'm not a huge fan of his, it's future. He like, this was just on when I was in the car with like some, some people from work. He could have did and, like, that. And I, I was just like, he fucked up that song. And he fucked up that song. Yeah, they said, you would think that. I'm like, yeah, I would. So would everyone else. Like, <laughs> like, I, just, <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. Like, it's, and, and, and in it's my horrible review, yeah. enough to like me not want to listen to that song. I know. And the thing is, I cut it off that's J-Rock's song. And yeah. he did some okay things on that song. But it he completely was... got overshadowed by that Lottie Dot bullshit. Yeah. It, it, oh man, it's yeah, so yeah. disappointing. Thank you. all Yeah, it's really fucking bad. And look, take a look at this. I really wish you guys could see this. This is me. <laughs> That's dude. So I'm on looking at Google right now, looking for that shit. <laughs> what we're looking at is a oh, meme. Oh man, that somebody put up of uh, that la di da di da song. I don't even know what the song is called because futures. It's so much on that bullshit. Dead, is it? That's King's dead, probably. I think it's King's Dead or something like that's that. That's exactly what I was looking for just now. Yeah. It shows a picture of Kendrick Lamar and J. Rock shaking hands, like, let's do a serious song. And then it has a picture of fucking Future looking like a monkey. <laughs> talking about the la di da di da slob on me now. I'm like, yeah, that shit is terrible. Y'all listen to the Joe Button podcast? Nah. Dude, not all about this was giant. going in on the, probably last week's episode. Every five minutes, this nigga's like, let da di da Every time Joe or 
uh, fucking Roy said something stupid. This nigga's like, let Fetty not do that shit. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, <laughs> anytime a nigga say something stupid, that shit is horrible. Yeah, that shit. Yeah. So let's see. All right, so Prime Two, Stay Fly. What have, what are your thoughts so far? Motherfucking Prime. I'm saying, right. and we were listening to a couple tracks before we started recording. I got some great to look forward to. This is, and this might this sounds probably better. Do you think it's better than the first? I no. I'd have to listen to the first one again. I want to see. I don't the remember band the first know. that much. I don't remember the mm. first that much. I I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to after I, I think write I'm gonna have the to review, go back to, to it go again. Back and I think you're right. In my, I, know, I know this nigga Nifty and gets on me for comparing albums, but I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I can't. I can't. Corner his mouth for quick. Nigga, say something. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We we talked about that last episode. Yes, yeah, okay, that's true. Okay, don't yeah. So we pay. got a uh, Logic Bobby Tarantino too. Have either of you guys listened to it? No. All right, so I haven't either. It, uh, I, it's what? it's been intentional for me, based off oh. of what we talked about, uh, what we have been talking about actually for the last couple His of last months. Last one. Yeah. Um. There's no variety in the in the case. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I'm going to give it a chance, but I have definitely not been in a rush. Uh, to get to it, uh, actually, a couple of projects you just uh, that we've just talked about, um, I, I can't wait to get my hands uh, on those bad boys. I really should have listened to them on the way down here, but it's just sorry, 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 sorry. But um, but I'm not in a rush to get to uh, the latest logic. Uh, but I'm not surprised at the success level of the songs or the album, I guess, as a whole. On well, the songs, some of the songs that have been released on the Billboard charts, uh, because he's whether. Despite how we feel about his previous works and his content, yeah, he's a hot commodity right now because of he's the whole capitalizing su- because of the suicide song. Because I don't know what mm-hmm. it's called, so it's one eight hundred number. Yeah, so is that wrong to call it the suicide song? Actually, <laughs> I think it's just the phone Nobody's number. I think that's the name of the song. No, it's called one eight hundred. You know, blah, blah, blah. yeah, blah, blah, blah. but <laughs> should I feel bad for calling? Mean, right, anywho, so uh, yeah, so but he's yeah, like you said, he's capitalizing. And, you know, people, like, we've known about Logic for how fucking long? You know what I mean? But America, uh, this, like, the, the rap world, because hip-hop has known about it for a long time, but the rap world is like, oh, hey. Just this getting a taste. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, people might be going back in old catalogs or whatever, but, you know, this is this is his time, so he really has to strike while the iron is hot. hot. And hopefully that will translate into some great, so, we, we, you know, none of us can shit on the album because we don't, you know, we don't know shit about it. But I'm not surprised at the success uh, that he, I see him all over the fucking place now, and it's like, okay, all right, that's you know, that's I'm what's up. proud of his success. I yeah, really, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not hating on him. I just hope that the album's fucking good. Yeah, because I hope it's better than the last. As Bobby we know, as we I saw feel, on uh, with an interview that we'll talk about year. later, just because mm-hmm. you have songs mm-hmm. on the Billboard mm-hmm. charts does not oh, mean that you produce God good music. But we know Logic is capable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see if the fact that he has so many songs on the chart. Uh, is actually, you know, indicative of his talent Word. and uh, his uh, potential. All right, so stay fly. What topic did you have for us? We'll go ahead and dive into that real quick. Uh, so check this out. My question was, especially coming from last year and then this year, seeing, like we were just talking about, uh, all these young kids having success. Nowadays in the industry, what constitutes a flop? Ooh. And this was really birthed from um, Eminem's project because that was universally hated, but it still pushed, like, wow. amazing numbers. Wow, wow. Now that's making me think, shit. So, just like Nif just said, these young cats are always quick to pull numbers and say, hey, I don't suck because I'm number one on the blah, blah, blah charts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but we've consistently said that we don't care about that because if that was the case, then everyone's top five would be like MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, Eminem. It's almost there, like but... critical acclaim and numbers are more separate than they've ever been. And that's that's now that's... to the point where it's almost like red versus blue. Like there's like either you believe you, you believe wholeheartedly in one or the other, and if the other person comes at you with the opposite yeah. idea, you're gonna clash. There's no middle ground. That's what I've learned. And when you have a lot of artists like all of these littles out here, all the artists that overnight successes, they're making a blueprint for more youngins to do the same shit, the same type of way, despite the fact that they don't even realize that a lot of these niggas aren't even around after 12 months. Where the fuck is Fetty Wap? Isn't he having like 17 babies or something? I mean, hey. I don't know, man. I feel like I saw his name out for that. Gang of kids, but you know. You think he needs help seeing the pussy hole with having that one fucked up eyeball? Not if he got 17 kids. I mean, he could have got help 17 times finding the pussy hole. <laughs> what the fuck? Because your death perception gets fucked up you exactly, know, when you lose an eye. And he wasn't born eye, with yeah. a fucked up eye. There was, I, there was something that happened. So maybe, like, did he, I can't remember, like, did he lose the eyeball post virginity? Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, well, I don't know when it happened. Uh, but back to what Stayfly was, uh, was saying slash asking, unfortunately, there is no concrete answer to that question as to what defines a flop or success in this industry. I mean, unfortunately, it's actually been that way for a long time. Cause like you said, if we were to go by strictly by numbers, then MC Hammer is one of the greatest rappers of all time. Next to Vanilla Ice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know. You sound cold as shit. It's, it's. <laughs> I hope the mic caught that. <laughs> It's, uh, it's never been easy to answer that question. It really depends on, one, who's asking. Yeah. Is the mm-hmm. industry asking? Are aficionados like us, are we asking? Is it the intended audience? Are they asking? Yeah. And then it also depends on who's answering the question. The industry versus aficionados versus casual listeners Shit. versus the intended audience slash fan base. You know? So... Unfortunately, there's no real way to this, uh, to really define that. But it's it's crazy because you got people like us who are like, you know what? These, what do you say? Takashi? Takashi 6 9 Okay, like, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> and yes, I've given him a chance. before Because my son used to be like, Dad, you know, like, I, I raised him. I actually on- like Gummo, though. I've never heard any of this song. I like Gummo, but just because it's like it's uh, it's is almost Gummo like, a person or a song. Gummo is the name of one of his hardest songs. It's almost okay. like Onyx. It's almost like Sticky Fingers and Fragile Star Hard. Like it's it's, it's it, it reminds That's what me of that. Say. He but like, I, but like, I felt that before he even said it. Like that, yeah, he, yeah. it sounds like he is kind of channeling them, even though he's probably not. Because he asked him, "Have you do are you inspired by them?" He, he said, like, "Inspired by yeah." He no, said, he said no, "No, no, no." He said, "Inspired more by DMX." I don't hear the DMX. I hear more. Sticky fingers. Well, then again, though, but being inspired by someone doesn't mean that you have to sound like them. That's true. You know? Mm-hmm. That's true. But the vibes I get from him is just like, I'm talking just reckless, hard shit. But the thing is that there's something about that energy that's infectious, and I think that's why he's so big. See, now, I, 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 I will appreciate when something catches my ear. Uh, there have been times where my 14-year-old son, Eric, he'll be 15 in May. Like I said, I, I've raised him on the hip-hop that I grew up on, yep. knowing that music was going to change for him 
Yeah. Uh, shit changed before he was born. It changed from when I was uh, his age, when I was introducing him to stuff, to uh, where he is now, or before he was even born. But I was just, uh, I was hoping that if I gave him a blueprint for real shit, he would always be able to appreciate and accept and know real shit. But now he's like, hey, Dad, you heard the new whatever the fuck. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? You know, and I'm like, maybe oh, I, when he's like 20. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know because he likes a whole bunch of bullshit nowadays. And like, he'll tell me about <laughs> shit. And I'll listen. I'll listen. I'm sure, like, you know, course, hey, you know, and like, there's to. been like a you got less than a handful, but it's like a, a, a Lil Yachty song here and there. I'm like, okay, you know what? This shit actually bangs. It's usually the fucking beat. But sure. regardless, I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, this song is nice, and that song is all right. But there's never anything I'm like, yo, this shit is fucking hot. And it's like, I, I just, I, I don't, I, maybe it's, uh, you could say it's a matter of uh, our preferences because we grew up on different shit. Now, a lot of people like to make the argument that, oh, you know, all these kids talk about is drugs, drugs, drugs. Well, th- I can, I can honestly, there's, I can come up with the list easily about a lot of songs that we grew up on that were about fucking drugs. It was just different types of shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a lot of the that shit wasn't so blatant. Of course, we yeah. didn't have pills and shit like like they do now mm-hmm. and all this other shit. It's mm-hmm. different types of shit. But, but it's just drugs we're talking about. Well, we, we can collect a gang of songs from yeah, the 90s. But that wasn't that wasn't everything. It's like nobody has any... Ima- I feel like this generation doesn't have any imagination. imagination. Like, okay, it, it, I'll get off the whole mumble rap and the fact that I don't know what the fuck you're saying. But when it really comes down to your content, you're not saying anything. This is I am arguably the biggest problem that our generation has with these kids nowadays is you're not talking about anything. You depend on the production. You depend on what's happening post-recording to make you sound hot. What's going on with what's coming from your soul? I want to hear what's in your fucking heart. I want to know about what you're thinking about. If you're thinking about anything at all, you're not talking about shit, and that's the problem that we have. And even though I understand why Takashi 6 9 is hot, and I, I understand why the kids gravitate toward him. He's a fucking when, gimmick. When he says shit like DMX is who you know I'm inspired by, I'm like, okay, you didn't really listen to DMX. Mm. You know, you just listened to DMX yelling, but she didn't really listen to D- what DMX was actually saying. You know what I'm saying? And he talked about, like, he had a lot of really, uh, really serious tracks, really Slipping. poignant tracks. Slipping. Slipping is number one, but he had a whole lot of songs that's more to a song than Jury and Clothes. Though he had so many. All of the Damien songs. All of them. Yeah, that's internal struggles that he was going through. The snake, the rat, the cat, the dog. I love all three Damien's. I don't know about y'all. Yeah. I Dude. It's like he just heard Rough Riders anthem and that was it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just heard the nigga. He just heard the nigga fucking barking and yelling. I'm like, all right, that's not. <laughs> DMX is about so much more than that. That almost reminds me of the people who only heard Tupac's Thug Life persona and didn't actually listen to the meat of the albums. Mm. This nigga had so many jewels in every single album. Yeah. From from the very first, you know what I'm saying? Apocalypse. Dude, um, what's my joint? Soldier, a soldier. That is one of my favorite Tupac songs of all time. But every album since then, dude, this nigga had... And these niggas that try to model themselves after these legends, I'm like, you don't know them yeah, as yeah. well as you think you know them. And I don't even like you bringing their name up, you know what I'm saying? Because you're misrepresenting these motherfuckers. So, yeah, but with Takashi's Takashi, I do understand why he's hot. I get it. There's something he does, like, with this, the younger chicks. I mean, his when his music, 
It has so much energy that they just can't resist popping ass. Go to like a strip club or something and just see when they put his song, because they're going to put his song in rotation. He had like four, he got like three or four songs in rotation. When they put his songs on, just watch how these strippers react. Can we get back to my question, though? Absolutely. Go ahead. What the fuck is a flop? We are actually witnessing a shift in the culture right now. So this, that's why there's no way to answer that question. We're witnessing a yeah. shift in all of that. We're right in the middle of it, right in the thick of this shit. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint what is a flop. First off, the generation gap is, is is a big part of the problem. But people don't know how to mark the success. Is it because of your numbers on fucking social media? Is it because huh. of the numbers on YouTube? Huh. Is it because of the number of albums you sold? There's so many different pools that people pull from depending on what generation you're from. And that's even different for albums. Now you have to add streams. You have and to add streams. Downloads I, and shit. I don't understand the stream aspect yeah, at all. That's just crazy. Like that, like that's still foreign to me. But that's the reason why we're kind of in this whole, this is just a big question mark era right now. You know, I don't know. I was always thinking about every, every decade, I wonder what the next generation is going to be like. Hmm. I wonder how, you know, we're going to see them, how we're going to mark their success, all that type stuff. I'm, I'm really curious as to what this next, this next wave is going to be like, but there is truly no, at this moment, there's no answer uh, to how you mark success. I think it's just, a, it, it depends on what area you're from and depends on what, what music you fuck with at, yeah. at, at the end of the day. You it's know a divisive question. You know, to I'll me, tell you what. yeah, it was divisive as fuck. And, it, and it, depending on who you have in on the conversation, that conversation could last for hours. Yeah. You know, you talk to a 21-year-old with a 35-year-old with a 45-year-old, y'all gonna be going at it. You know what I'm saying? Easy. Talk. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Yeah. So... But me personally, if you want to ask my personal opinion, it's, it's all about the critical acclaim. If, if, if this album speaks to me and what I know hip-hop to be, right. that's what I fuck with. I don't and look for numbers success, anymore. And that's what success Correct. is for yeah, me. Because like Jericho Jackson, that ain't going to push. It's not going to push no numbers yeah. at all. Numbers. I but mean, it makes me sad, though, because when I like something, I want other people to like it because I know I like good shit. And I know, of course, it's subjective. And different people like different things. And what's hot to me may not be hot to you. Uh, but generally, when I like a project, uh, a lot of my peers like that project as well. Yeah. So it's um, usually like if I like some shit, I know that, you know, anybody with a good ear is going to like it also. And I mean, like even for just to throw back some shit, when we were talking about Rhapsody months ago, I fucking love Rhapsody. So we're both fans of hers. You're a bigger fan of hers. And there are parts about her delivery not so much her content, but her delivery that kind of dialed it back for me. Yeah. But as far as an artist is concerned, yo, she is, is, man, she's so fucking hot. I really do like her music a lot. So even when there's a disparity in our uh, respective opinions about someone as an artist, we're still generally on the same fucking page or at least in the same fucking book. But, yeah. you know, if you talk to if somebody's like, yo, I mean, since he's the the numbskull of the month right now, somebody's like, "Yo, Takashi Six Nine, that nigga's hot." I'm like, "No, he's not." You know what I'm saying? Who the fuck? Actually, if you come to me and say Takashi's hot, I y'all, I ain't gonna lie. I knew if you would have said Six Nine, I would have known y'all was talking about that rainbow nigga. But if you would have said Takashi, yeah. I would have like, "Who? We got Japanese rappers now? Like, how's your name? T Isn't he Mexican? He is Mexican." I, it must. I don't know. Maybe it's I an anime that thing. That I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I didn't hear that but it's like I wouldn't have known who the fuck you was talking about. And I be trying to check for motherfuckers, but it's hard. Which actually kind of, if you're willing to, leads me into the topic that I uh, came up with. 
is do you have to have a gimmick in order to be successful? Because the artists that we grew up on, <laughs> do you have to have a gimmick in order to be successful? Because the artists that we grew up on, and even artists in previous generations, they was ugly, they was hood as fuck, and all you really cared about was their content, whether they were funny, you know what I'm saying, if you was a fucking biz marquee, or if you just had straight up skill. I mean, Biggie, who is arguably on every fan hip-hop fan's top five or top ten list, arguably, he's not on my top Mine, five. not y'all's, mine, definitely. Yeah, no, yeah, not. Yeah, I hate Biggie. But, I but no, we don't. We don't. We don't. No, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that right now. We don't hate Biggie. We really don't hate Biggie. We don't hate Biggie. We just don't like him as much as a lot of other fans do. That's all. Uh, but even in one of his lines, he talks about how fucking ugly he is. You know what I'm saying? Ugly as ever. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? To the socks. You know what I'm saying? Like. These motherfuckers knew, a lot of these motherfuckers, and I mean, some of them, you know, they thought they were sexy, flexy, whatever. That's not the point. The point is, we cared about what the fuck he was saying and how the fuck he was saying it. But a lot of these cats nowadays, they come out the gate wanting you to be impressed with how the fuck they look. You know what I'm saying? We won't go to have no, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm about to say some shit that is completely unsubstantiated, and I don't know if there's any way to back up what I'm saying right now. That's why I'm glad I got two motherfucking professionals right here in hip-hop knowledge masters who can tell me if I'm wrong. Do we have any motherfuckers back in the day that came out with motherfucking red hair or motherfucking rainbow hair or motherfucking, uh, 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 what's that nigga from the Little Rascals? Uh, Buckwheat hair. Uh, I mean, yeah, we had gold grills, but that was just, that was that was a fashion thing back then. I'd like, everybody you. had grills. Like, I, I can't think, like, I feel like I w- Lil Yachty, I, I knew about the nigga with the red hair before I knew about who the fuck well, Lil Yachty was. Mm. I knew about the kid with the rainbow hair before I knew who the fuck 6ix9ine was. Like, I feel there like these niggas had a motherfucking young M.A. She used to rap, and she actually looked like a whole fucking girl. When young, yet she back. I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, she wasn't as tight as she is now. I mean, okay. this is, trust, first of all, like, I actually really dig her as an MC, so this is definitely not shitting on her skills. But she used to look like a quote unquote stereotypical female. Mm-hmm. And now, like when I first saw her, I wasn't sure if that was a female. <laughs> Who's that dude? Or if that, you know, like if that was a really tough looking female or kind of a what level of female we talk about though, man. Is this Stere- like Queen Latifah when she's trying to be feminine female or like an actual No, she like she had on like I'm That's gonna try crazy. to find some That's pictures. crazy to imagine. I ain't gonna lie, like young and May used to Rip, whoa, yeah, for real, whoa, buddy, for real, for real. So, like, based off looks alone, yeah. So, to answer your question, but she didn't start popping until she started doing what she's doing now. But I think that people still focus on the bars when it comes to MA. You know, she's not completely lumped, she's not in with the littles and the mumble rappers, she's not with them. But nobody, I mean, so is it just a coincidence that she started to pop off when she got this look that she has now? I think she popped off because of that beat. I mean, the song was hot, yeah, but again, the way she of, looks, the way Yachty looks, the way 6ix9ine looks, I feel like, do you have to have a gimmick? And it's not just about the look, but do you have to have a gimmick in order to be able to be successful? Because how many how many cats do we have out here who don't look like anything out the ordinary that are really popping? I mean, yeah, you got some who transcend. You got the Kendrick Lamars. You got the Joey Badass. I mean, they just good old-fashioned regular niggas. You know what I'm saying? But well, you how asked, often does that happen? You asked if there were gimmicky niggas back in like the 90s, the golden era, anything like that. Chris Cross. That was... Yeah. 
but they were like oh, manufactured. Okay, okay, okay. Right? Yeah. Like they had but skills, but they was, were like. You know like, what I was actually about to say? I was going to say that any nigga that probably had a gimmick, they were they still had the bars to back it up. ODB was. I wouldn't consider him. I don't think. Gimmick? Nah, nah. He was just a very eccentric individual. That was just. He, he was like that on the mic and off the mic. But the, but do we really think that Takashi is a gimmick or is this just who he is? We what don't is? believe it because we're old. I don't believe you. You need more people. Mm. Yeah, because so, they got pictures of him. When, when he was like... like a, It can't be that like, long ago because like, he looks just the same except with like short hair. Because I know him in the game. like eighth grade. Man. What's really like been... Got me, I guess, more acquainted with him is just with the IG stuff, with the game. I think he's beefing and with other people. So then they're all posting all these old pictures of him. But like I said, it ain't like twenty. Well, he's only twenty one. So, so these pictures ain't but like three, four years ago. But that's what I'm saying. It's like okay, so if people aren't paying attention to your lyrics, let's let's just let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say that his content is actually hitting on something. If people aren't paying attention to what you're saying, do you feel, or do you think that artists these days feel like they have to change either their appearance or their actions to be more noticeable? Yes. Because how many niggas come, I mean, whether it's you rap or not, how many Instagram. niggas come? It's the climate, it's the climate that we're in now. It's you have to be, you got to be what's called peacocking. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do that now in order to because get any attention. Because if you're attention. plain, nobody's paying attention. People want hits on Instagram. Because look at all the hits on YouTube. The freshman yeah. list or whatever, like how many of them dudes are still around from this year, last year? Like I can't even remember anyone's faces except I the weird ones with different hairs. Yeah. And then you got like, purple hair, red hair. Because he had the blonde dreads on one side and then like the black hair on the other. And then he was trying to look like somebody from like an anime. And I'm like, dude, come on, dog. This is garbage. Him and fucking um, Lil Uzi Vertical. <laughs> but they're typical examples of what you're talking about. Yeah. They're here for an image. And people see the image more than anything else. And that image, okay, that, that'll lead to people following the singles and whatnot. But, you know, then it's like, okay, the next question that I would like to ask is, is it even necessary for these artists to drop an album? Huh. Because all they do is just ride off a couple singles. Well, Purple uh, Rainbow Head dude, he you don't got an album right, and he's got like what three, four number one hits or something. That's it. No, but they don't need to drop. Y- an album. You could fucking live off of that. That's a waste of the label's money. That's funny. Goddamn shit. Just drop singles. That's but funny. he's so hype on himself. Yeah. Like he's gonna be around in twenty twenty eight. They all well, they have to think that. They have to. That's true. I mean, the you really got to be there. Yeah, you you. you that's that's yourself. one thing that's always been present uh, in rap and hip hop. Yeah, you're right. You're if right. You come right. In the ga- if you come up in here like you know, you, believe you guys, you may like me, you may not, you may like me right now, you may not like me later on. But if here's you believe in yourself, who gonna believe? Who yeah, we like in? fuck that nigga. We wanted somebody so, who's gonna like. That's no, real. You gotta talk that talk your shit again. That's you real. know what I mean? So I gotta give him that. You know, you gotta be that way. Otherwise, we really not gonna check for you. Fuck that. You know what I mean? So that there, that's gotta be there. But he doesn't. I don't understand the rainbow hair. Yeah, I didn't know who he. I didn't know what this guy looked like before. You know what I'm saying? I heard the music first. Huh? I'm not, yeah, I ain't heard none. none yeah, yet. I heard the music first, and I'm like, okay, if people are gravitating to this, they're gravitating. They're gravitating to the way it sounds. They're not gravitating to a video because people aren't watching videos all the time. People in their cars, you're not watching a fucking video. You're listening to the song. Yeah. You know, bitches that are popping ass. 
I don't know. They like to you the said, song. though, this is all Instagram. I feel like a lot of these cats are being presented, or especially Instagram, fucking Twitter, not so much, but IG is really yeah. a breeding place for these motherfuckers. Mm. And you are seeing them before you hear them, whether sure. they're in somebody else's shit or sure. their own shit. Yeah. Motherfucking, yeah, like, part. yeah. So a lot of these people, you really are seeing them before you hear them. Whereas in our day, nah. You remember when we thought Bubba Sparks was black? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know how long it took? Like, it wasn't like, hey, listen to this a song by this new dude, and then, like, the next day or the, that night, like, oh, my There's God, this guy's white. Like <laughs> Paul Wall thought I was black at first. It took Yo, us a long while to be when like, you heard, when you heard sh- Shine? Remember Shine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard yeah. that motherfucker for, like, weeks. And then you yeah. see this little skinny little dude. Little skinny nigga. I'm like, okay, come on. There's no way to sound this <laughs> coming from this nigga. Yeah. Right yeah. But yeah, man, these days, yeah, it is definitely about the IG look first. So, wow. Wow, he looks like a regular Spaniard. You want to talk about slick? <laughs> to the left, young jock. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he looking like somebody's auntie. What? Um, let's see, another topic I wanted to talk about was just kind of the state of podcasts. In general, I, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of beef going on with podcast versus podcast or podcast versus radio show. We've been having a lot of what Deezen Zamero quote as buttermilk drama, biscuit bandit. What did he call it? <laughs> Beige rage. Beige rage. So I don't know if y'all realize this, but man, the Breakfast Club is kind of dying. What leg did they ever really have to stand on? Their leg was the guests. Yeah. I never wanted to listen to just them. Huh, yeah, okay. So, because, yeah, it's not like a typical podcast where it's just... At all. But the thing is, even if you compare it to podcast, you can compare it to earlier radio shows. Think about what you grew up on. We grew up on what? Russ Parr. I loved to listen to them motherfuckers just go off. Donnie Simpson. Donnie Simpson. To personalities that actually had personalities that would have conversations, would have segments. These people were, you know, I mean... Whatever the state of the podcast is now, they were doing that back then. Breakfast Club was never doing that. Breakfast Club was just doing interviews. Right. You know? I mean, right. yeah, they hit a point where their camaraderie was good, but they never had, like, that jokingly, just them three popping off with the with the, with the, with the, with the, with the charisma yeah, and all in, that. Even in New York, you're talking about Angie Martinez. You got Angie Martinez yeah. rocking solo. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Rocking so I would love to listen to Angie Martinez by herself. She don't need a guest. Nope. You know? She they don't money. have it Angie like that. Mom. And that's three yeah. people <laughs> versus yeah. one. So the Breakfast Club is really kind of dying. Yes, they are still technically, numbers-wise, they are the biggest. But this new era of of, of, of podcast is starting to flush them out. They're gonna. I don't. See, I don't see them being around in like 2020, 2021, something like that. Especially with what's been going on with them beefing. You know what? They're. You know what I honestly see? Because if you guys don't know, recently the Breakfast Club had Jesus and Mero. They had them on because DJ Envy wanted to air out Miro and Jesus for talking shit about his wife when they went on The View to talk about their personal drama, which honestly was Envy's mistake from the beginning. You know, you didn't have to do that. Like, everybody knows what's going on, you know what I'm saying? He was clearly suckered into that by his wife, if you ask me. Yeah. But, you know, you don't, you, I mean, you, know, you didn't need to do that. But the thing is, though, if you the fact that you did that, bro, you just put your ass on the tee. You know what I'm saying? For somebody to crack at it. Like, come on now. You this is no one? You are yeah, how do you think nobody's gonna take a shot at you? In this era? You of course of course we're gonna talk shit about you. But I noticed that what the Breakfast Club did, and I kind I think I think Joe Budden podcast kinda talked about this. The Breakfast Club brought those people on because they're kinda Breakfast Club's kinda losing steam and they know these and 
pieces of marrow is hot. They hot. Like, scorching hot. Yeah. They brought them dudes on, you know what I'm saying, to kind of boost their own numbers a little bit. You know, because they, they know that they're kind of treading water a little Views bit. Views-wise, it's definitely one of their, you know... Like you said, though, they, their success is their guests. Their guests. That's that's what it is. And that means you have nothing. If you if you can't rock with the people that are on your show normally, you don't have a sh- you don't got nothing. You don't got much. Yeah, seriously, because most most of not all, but most of my favorite uh, these is a marrow uh, clips is just the two just them talking just the shit. Yeah, just the two. Absolutely. Them. You know, yeah, they got they got they got some hitters with with guests, but like most yeah. of my favorites are like the ones that I that like initially come to mind is just the two of them. Like, there's no right? drop off when they have a guest, but they're perfectly fine. Yeah, with exactly. Because when you think about the Breakfast Club, like I, I really can't think of nothing off the top of my head where I'm like, yo, you remember that moment when you know Charlemagne said this and Envy was like this or motherfucking Yee said this? Not, not when the guest was on. Yeah, it's yep. like, oh, yo, when Birdman was on that motherfucker, when motherfucking. Uh, Hamagachi 62 Rainbow was on that motherfucker. You know, it's like when when they got somebody on, that's when they're on. But when, you know, because then Charlemagne want to be motherfucking ignorant, especially when it's like a hot chick or some shit. He want to talk about eating ass or some shit like that. And then, you know, he's all like, oh my God, like, I can't believe he being like that. And then motherfucking Envy, he tried to play me. Yo. He's not a good mediator. (laughs) Envy. My opinion on this whole is because it's really it's not the whole Breakfast Club. It's really Envy mm-hmm. versus uh, Jesus and Meryl. My opinion on that is I, I really don't have a view as to whether he was sucking into it by his wife and nothing like that. I just I, I do agree that like okay, airing your shit out like that, you're putting the target on your back. Mm-hmm. So when other motherfuckers say whatever the fuck motherfuckers say about what you said, you can't be but so upset because you fucking said it. You gave us that invitation into your motherfucking life. That's why we saying shit. That's why we having this conversation right the fuck now. We you know what I mean? Beforehand. Exactly. No one really cared before. No one gave a fuck. But you went out there on national motherfucking television and said what the fuck you said. And then you want to get upset because two people whose job, literal job, is to talk, talk shit. You know what I'm saying? And then you want to get upset because like, okay, well, you know, I will respect. To be honest with you, because they played the clip. I didn't even know about this shit because uh, I didn't see that particular episode. But I didn't know about the shit. Before they went on the Breakfast Club, and then they played the clip, and I'm listening to it. I rewound and listened to it again because I actually played it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I listened to it again. I'm like, what did they say that was? It was that scathing. Was that bad? Like, okay, I I can understand if Envy listened to it like motherfucker for real. But then I'm gonna go to sleep that night. I might fuck my wife that night. And I'm gonna wake up the next morning like whatever. Because your life is still the same. Exactly. I may get on the show the next morning, like, yo, man, these cats said blah, blah, blah. But please believe it's not going to take up no more than five minutes of airtime. I damn sure I'm not going to have these motherfuckers come up on the show just to talk shit. And if it bothers me as Envy that motherfucking bad and I got a way to contact these niggas, I'm going to reach out like, hey, look, man, I ain't appreciate that shit for this, that, and the third reason. I'm not going to try and buck off all tough on the motherfucking air. Even you soft as motherfucking wet toilet paper, nigga. Man, even listening to that That's fucking why interview. That's why it was come a bad on, look. man. Right. Even listen to the interview. Like, you trying to... Come on, man. I would think that if you really had a girl that was a rider like that, she would not set you up. Because no, he no, knew no. that if he didn't speak up about it, it would be trouble at home. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't, he wouldn't get no buns. You know? So, I mean, that's clearly what he was trying to protect. <laughs> So, but it's a goddamn shame, man. I mean, if y'all had somebody that looked like, you know, his wife, would would y'all step out of character to defend your wife of how many years they've been together? They've been together since high school. I don't know. So, like, I guess I would be the one closest to that situation because I've been with my wife now 
X amount of years. They've been at Yes, we've been in each other's lives since high school. The fact that you did it on a public forum, I know for my, you know, for my situation, my wife would know that that's just for show. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Nift, as a man, you have a way to contact these people. You know, it's you just gotta be on the air, and that's what made it seem like it was being all for on the, the air. It's the same thing when you do some punk shit like through text or something. Call a person, you know, face to face. Y'all handle it straight up because honestly, that's what it'll he did. Be squashed. That's what he did. He he texts a, a really important issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, to me, that's what he did. He's forty. Yeah, he's right? forty. He's forty. Forty-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're about from the same era. You know, myself. I'm about from the same situation. His wife, right? Similar as well. Probably same. Obviously, they went to high school together. Mm-hmm. Same as my wife for about the same age. We come from a different, you know, from this pre-social media, pre-texting era where... Cut from a different cloth. So it's like, why do you have to go the route of the clickbait? Right. And so, she, Numbers, like you said, she set him up. That's why I said Breakfast Club's falling off. They are doing whatever they could do to tread water at this point. Because if they knew what was going to happen, like whoever manages them knew this was going to happen. I was actually listening to the brilliant idiots not too long after that shit happened, and in the middle of the conversation, Sean even pulled his phone out. He's like, "Yeah, Envy just texted me talking about y'all. I'm number one trending on Twitter." And I'm like, "Okay, this was a mission, you know, because I see some shit falling off a little bit." And but is everybody in on it? Because why would Charlemagne say that? Maybe Charlemagne is in on it. But I, why would he say that out loud, though? That's like exposing their plot. You know what I mean? Don't matter. We, I mean, the, in the I world mean, today, the, the, don't the, matter. The plot, the plot is still the plot. Yeah. He probably messed up by saying that on the podcast, but he definitely straight up said it. I don't I'm like, think okay, so. was this envy just trying to get the numbers? Jesus Romero is hotter than the fucking Breakfast Club right now. Oh, fuck yeah. So, yeah. And even the aftermath of all that shit is, is going in Jesus Romero's favor. Like real talk, mm-hmm. numbers are not. The shit is going in. It's going and Of course, you know they're gonna take full advantage. They took oh, yeah. full advantage of that shit. Hell yeah. The night of. <laughs> oh. So yeah, and straight baked that man. I'm talking. They roasted the fuck out of him. I don't think that it's. I don't think that it's worth the slander just for the just for the numbers. I, mean, I don't think it's worth that bullshit. You know what I'm to, saying? To some people, it is. Is it like? Did they have to come up with the gimmick? Agree. In order to be successful. Is everything around hip hop culture gimmicky now? You know, not everything, <laughs> but is 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 is, 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 is is that the easiest path to success or to the revival of success to have a gimmick? It, of definitely, some sort? it definitely overlaps into many areas now. That's you know what's gonna have to happen, we're just gonna have to kinda wait it out for another eight years. Let's see who's still standing. You know what I'm saying? None because these people that are chasing the clickbait, they're not. They're not chasing longevity. And this kind of goes back to the original conversation we had with the engineer earlier today. You know, he was basically just talking about longevity. What will sustain you? Yeah. No one these days that we've been talking about on this episode are focusing on what will sustain them for the long haul. They don't care. They don't they give are a not fuck. Looking. They're hot right now. It's funny. My, my class, when I graduated from high school, our class motto was look beyond the immediate. And then hip-hop culture started nice, like a couple nice. years after that. You know, it's like they did this, this crazy screech and all of a sudden these cats are looking at what can I get right now? Like, mm-hmm. I listen to people on the radio and or, or you know, streaming or whatever the fuck uh, Siri says I should be listening to. I'm like, these cats don't have any staying power. 
And you can hear it in the song. Like, you're not building for something. You're not building for something. And they just care about what I'm doing right now. And even if what you're doing right now is giving you great numbers, what are you doing that's going to help your fans want to stay there for you? I remember the days when a new album would come out, and I was so excited. Like, yes. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that this person came out with the album. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this for X number of months, X number of years. This is the greatest thing right now. You know, and you didn't know if it was going to be garbage. You didn't know if it was going to be another classic. You didn't know what the fuck it was going to be, but you still had that excitement. And, of course, this goes into the whole motherfucking tearing the rap off the CD. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't have that no more. And, actually, yeah. believe it or not, I do believe that part of that is because we don't get the touch anymore. Everything is... Uh, Nothing's it's, tangible anymore. It's a swipe. It's a swipe. Nothing's tangible. You're not touching anything anymore. You're not, you don't have that, that same physical contact and connection with your artists. And these artists don't care about that. You know, ringtone rap. Remember the ringtone rap era? I think that really helped to fuck shit up. I mean, yeah, it's technology we were, we more so than any artist. We were there for that. Yeah, exactly. You get the motherfuckers cared about being able to get 99 cents for you to download their ringtone, and they wanted something that was going to sound good on your phone. They didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck about how it sounded in your fucking ears. Yeah. They wanted something that was, was going to sound list. good. And they, yeah, thank and I was God. about to say that. Thank fucking God. Mm-hmm. But, it, but see, that's the thing. Because you would think that these cats would learn from that shit. Because how many of these wow. cats that have been around for the last couple of years have motherfucking done some shit that we still pay attention to? We still getting hype off of motherfucking cash records taking over for the 9-9. Nine nine nine. Nine. You know wow. what I'm saying? We still getting hype off of that shit. How many of these motherfucking ringtone rappers? Yo, I can't, I, think, I can't think of not a single ringtone rapper whose music I revisit at all. I used to be, like, for a short period of time, I was a big Chameleonaire fan. Like, I was like, you know what? I can respect the way this dude sounds, and I can respect this whole no cussing thing, even though I don't really give a fuck because I motherfucking cuss like a drunk motherfucking sailor. But I can respect what he's doing, sure. and he's actually not half bad. And just for some, I don't, I think I was listening to uh, an old school hip hop playlist on my phone uh, or in my car the other day. And a song featuring uh, Riding came on, actually. Oh, shit. Riding came on. And I was like, all right, that's what's up. And I was like, you know what? I ain't listening to this motherfucking song. I know he don't make music no more or whatever. But hey, let me, let me, let me go ahead and listen to uh, uh, The Sound of Revenge. Yeah, that was a bad idea. No, man. I put it on my snap. I said, Y'all be, I used to love Chameleon Air. I'm going to be listening to this motherfucker the whole rest of the that day. That song is corny as fuck. That shit didn't, like, Chameleon Air didn't make it down Broad Street. Like, I, <laughs> I started listening on the way to Best Buy. I got out, got in Best Buy, walked around a little bit, got back in the car, drove out, and I was like, I what the fuck was I thinking? Wow, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm good. I'm thanks for the millionaire. millionaire's business sense. But, yeah, uh, it's like, thanks for the memories, but I'm good. Yeah. You know, and I don't think he did it. I, I, I believe that Chameleon is one of the few that actually thought that he would have staying power, and it just didn't work out for X, Y, Z reasons. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these cats nowadays, they don't even give a fuck. They're not even trying. All they care about is... Uh, this shit is working for me right now. Right now. If you could if you could get a motherfucking wizard to go to Takashi 69 and be like, look... I'm look at my crystal ball, nigga. You're not gonna be here in five in t- years. You're not gonna have no career. You're not gonna be here in 2021. It ain't gonna change his mind. It's not. No, it's not. You know what? You fuck it. I'm hot right is. now. That's yeah. all they give a fuck about. When I talk to my son, I'm like, look, these motherfuckers ain't gonna be here. I don't care, Dad. They're good right now. That's fine. That's fine. Let him enjoy it. Let him see, because he hasn't been around. He hasn't been alive long enough. 
to witness like the span of an artist's career, you know. Mm-hmm. So let him let him see it for himself. These niggas don't even know what the fucking word span means. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, fellas, anything else y'all wanted to talk about? Because we're definitely going to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, stay flat. You got any closing remarks about anything? Nah, man. This is good to get this going again, it's man. I think. Fuck, fuck. I uh, think it's dope because like I think we, we was committed to, to making sure that we knocked out more than like two a year. With this though, we'll be able to yeah we'll we'll be able to do some things with this. But yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining us. This has been the fifth episode of the Best in the Mix podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com/slash/bitmpodcast and uh, go ahead and give us a like. Go ahead and comment, subscribe, share. But uh, yeah, thank you for listening. All right. Uh, no more, please. <laughs> Call me, Lupita. <laughs> <laughs>